1: Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee. It's a true Sunday coffee this morning. Not like last week when we got here a day early, Charlie, in the Farm Bureau Studios here in downtown Startwell. I've got my Strange Brew Coffee with me. You do as well. Did you go with the iced coffee this morning? I did. This is a change
0: for me. But it was just a little warm, a little bit muggy, and I decided to go with the Darth Mocha. Are you familiar with the Darth Mocha?
1: No. I, I'm, I'll tell you this full disclosure here, I have never drank a cup, glass, or whatever of cold coffee. Never done it. So this has
0: white chocolate, dark chocolate, and butterscotch. It's uh it's really good. By the way, are you a dark chocolate fan? No, I'm not. I'm not a bitter man. Chocolate- you know, as a kid, there was nothing worse. I go to my great grandparents' house and they always had the Hershey's miniatures in the little jar. Yeah, always you, on the table.
1: It had a little, little red tint to the yeah. to the packaging, you know. And I never got the red tint because I always thought that was a terrible cho- chocolate. I always yes. gave that the brand.
0: And I wouldn't have taken that. And then, now in my older years, I love dark chocolate. In fact, I was at a store not too long ago, and you could buy the bag of Hershey's miniatures. And the entire thing, the Crackles, the Mr. Good Bars or whatever they're called, everything was made with dark chocolate. And to me, it was like if Chick-fil-A had unleashed the spicy nuggets, which I've long been calling for, as have many others. I saw that, and I, I mean, I was transfixed.
1: I'll say this. I think, you know, when you get that bag at uh, at Halloween that has the different kinds of, you know, Hershey bars, Baby Ruth, I mean, to me, you just can't beat one a crackle. I think a crackle's good. I think That's a, a good one. I think a Nestle Crunch is good. That's good. I think Mr. Good Bar is a little bit. Underrated. That's the one with the peanuts, right? It's one with it's on the yellow packaging. It is. Um, I'm not a anything to do with toffee. I mean, no, I don't need that. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not. I'm just not one of those guys. Hey, um, all right, what's going on right now? Anything going on this week in baseball? Anything going on this week in sports?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, you would think not, right? Picking up the paper and there's no games being played. We pick up the paper.
1: Do you read the paper?
0: You know, I actually bought one for the first time about a week ago.
1: I still read the Starville Daily News. I do,
0: too. I I still pick up the Starville Daily. Our good friend, Danny Smith, those guys, you know, they do. I'll say this. One of the reasons I'm still a big believer in local papers is, you know, Danny, Robbie, those guys over there, they cover local sports. They cover high school sports. And to me, that's just part of the fabric of a community. One of the reasons I love on a Friday night running the dial and listening to high school broadcast, there's some Americana in there, isn't there?
1: No, there is. And, hey, that's how we got our start. And I still love listening to high school football. You mentioned local papers, but local radio as well. I still listen to WLSM every morning. And so uh, it's – but I agree with you. I think of Marty Stamper and all those guys and Rocky Higginbotham and the Meridian Star and then the show Democrat and the Winston County Journal. I mean, that's still a big part of my life.
0: I used to remember as a kid you would get the Winston County Journal and they'd do the picks, like picking who was going to win the high school game that weekend. Oh,
1: man. And then some of those guys would pick against the Louisville team. Yeah. I was
0: like, what kind of guy in Louisville? Well, thank goodness picking against the home team.
1: Well, thank goodness that we didn't have Twitter back then. Because if <laughs> can you, you imagine if you picked against the Warriors, baby? Let me tell you <laughs> something. We thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> they had it posted at the one stop down there. Yeah. Right? Oh, absolutely. We thought about that in the locker room. Right? So tell old Johnny he better not pick against us next week. Hey, so do y'all have a Fourth of July parade in Nanaimo? Well, it, uh, it goes around the store. That's what it does. It starts on one corner of the Warrior One Stop, and it just goes around it. It comes <laughs> back around. You know, one guy on a bike. It stops at the two pumps of the gas station. and so. <laughs> you ever been to a Fourth of July parade? No, I have not.
0: You know, I've been to several. Have you really? Yeah, my neighborhood in Dallas. I used to live in Richardson, Texas. So if people are familiar with Dallas will know it's just north of Dallas. It's all grown together. You can't really tell the difference. But one of the things they do well in Dallas, you don't have big yards, you don't have a lot of room necessarily, but they have a ton of parks, a ton of neighborhood parks. And so even like his kids, you didn't just meet up in the street. Like you went to the park, and there were always people there. But they would have – they'd bring out the fire trucks. They'd bring out the Boy Scouts. they do all these things, have the parade all through the neighborhood, end up to the park, cook out burgers. And I guess it was about five or six years ago, we went back. Didn't know, you know, where all our old friends were, but we went to the park. And, like, everybody we knew from 15 years ago, they were all there.
1: Really? They have a Mardi Gras parade in Noxapater. Did you know that? No. Yeah. They started it, and it's actually well attended. I'll say that. They got fire truck. or got a bunch of different trucks. People, it's almost like the Christmas parade, you know. They're throwing out beads and stuff. Now, it's a little bit. A little more subdued and yeah, occupator a, a little bit more tamed down. Of course, you don't have many balconies down there. I guess we need to talk to Shane. They could build a balcony on Over the woodies. woodies and yeah. That could
0: be the the main review stand. Yeah, well, um, I'm actually looking forward to tomorrow doing some cooking out. And This isn't a plug, but we did load up on Country Pleasing Sausage. My wife, is she's a big pork and pineapple person. She has gone to the three cheese lately. I'm still the jalapeno cheddar guy, but we're going to cook out. And I'm a big blue. I'll tell you one of the things that has me really thrown off this year, people celebrating the fourth on the second. I mean, there were fireworks yesterday. That's not the fourth, man.
1: Yeah, man, if you were going to shoot them last night at 9 o'clock mm. in the Golden Triangle, well, in Startle, I don't think it rained in West Point or Columbus because they were complaining about it over there on the eastern side of the Triangle. But we got plenty of, of rain last night. Hey, I'll
0: trade rain for fireworks any day. Any right day, now.
1: That, exactly. Because let me tell you something: you shoot the fireworks in a lot of places right now; it's going to burn a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's a hazard. <laughs> All right, hey, let's talk a little bit about baseball. Let's talk a little bit about you know building a roster, and that's uh, what we have seen over the last few weeks with uh, with Mississippi State, of course, not playing over the last month. And you know, I was thinking about this the other day, Charlie, about how used to when the season ended. And that was almost like our time to kind of get away, decompress. And you didn't worry about anything going on uh, as far as any sports. It almost seemed like the month of, of July was the downtime or the mid-month of June. And now it seems like all these coaches, I think about football, you know, we used to look toward that first weekend in August when the freshmen reported. And now all these guys are working out during the summer. It's just a 12-month, just completely no downtime whatsoever. I can guarantee you that uh, our baseball staff has probably worked as hard in, in the last month as they do the, any of the 11 months of the year.
0: It feels like there's been as much attention on baseball here lately for Mississippi State fans as there's been in probably months, maybe more interest. Just to be honest, what's everybody doing? Looking to see you know, what's being announced in the portal and kind of everybody just kind of sitting on the the edge of their seats as to who's coming, who's not coming. I think there's a couple of things to note on that from my perspective. First is just because somebody says they're coming doesn't mean that Mississippi State offered a scholarship. It doesn't mean that deals have been done, anything like that. Sometimes guys just say they're coming, and basically they're going to have a tryout. They'll either make it or they won't. So you don't always read too much into those things. The other thing is you don't read too much into who hasn't said anything yet and kind of what – there are things going on, but things take time. One of the big doors has just closed, though.
1: Entering the transfer portal July the 1.
0: Yes. Getting that date behind us, I think, changes things because what's been going on the past couple of weeks – Hey, I think I'm going in the portal. And, you know, a player at one school calls their buddy and says, hey, let them know I'm thinking about the portal. All these things are going on across the country. And what does everybody say? Well, it's tampering. Well, look, guys are going to talk. I mean, you know, th- these players talk to each other. They're friends. They
1: play travel ball together. Do you think baseball is more intertwined than any other sport? Absolutely. Because you start thinking about, you know, the how much travel ball and, you know, how these guys – Know each other and how well they know each other, and you don't have to be from the same state anymore to be very close friends with someone on another team. And I go back, like you just said, Charlie. I think you know right now with the portal closing. Let me ask you this question, because you know you've seen firsthand and close up as far as July one. It seems to me like the publicity out there over the last year about the number of guys that enter the portal that don't find a place. It just seems to me looking from an outside looking in that this past year, it's almost like I'm going to figure out where I'm going before I put my name in the portal from the outside looking in because I don't want to go in the portal and not have anybody. I'm going to kick the tires around. And my team still may be playing, hey, and you can like this all you want, but it happens, all right? I could tell you one or two right now, but I'm not going to get that deep, about how they're still playing games, kicking tires around, and they're not really solidifying where they're going until they hit the portal.
0: No, that's absolutely true. It's, I always laugh because it will come out that somebody's going in the transfer portal, and then you'll see people retweeting it and They'll tag Bulldog NIL or they'll tag Chris Lamonis or whoever.
1: <laughs>
0: a lot of times, you, a lot of these deals, I mean, just to be candid, are done before they happen. There is There has been some behind-the-scenes talk. Now, what the nature of that talk is, I'm not implying anything illegal. I'm not implying tampering. But, look, if your son, okay, let's say your son is playing ball at Samford and he thinks he wants to go to NC State. Does anybody really believe that he's just going to go in the portal and then pick up the phone and call the guys over at NC State and say, hey, you got a spot
1: for me? Well, there's a lot of people that think that's that's it. Yeah, there's a lot of times that people can be a little bit naive when it comes to how things are going on. Now, like you said, I'm not talking about tampering or anything like that, any kind of firsthand knowledge. but Now, some
0: people do. Yeah, Some people go in the portal and take the leap, and there could be a couple of reasons for that. Number one, they know they're not going to be able to stay where they are. So maybe you've been the shortstop for two years, and they just signed a big-time guy, and you can read the handwriting. Well, you're going in the portal and just trying to land where you can. The second kind, though, is that elite-level guy, the guy who knows he's going to be a first-round draft pick next year. Well, he can jump head first in the portal because he knows he's got a spot. It's that tweener that's got the problem, right? They're the ones who got to be a little more careful. The guys who don't know what their options are and don't have an honest assessment of where they stand, that's the guys who have to be a little more careful.
1: You know, last week we got on here and we talked about, you know, NIL situations and the Bulldog initiative. And, and uh, you know, we kind of got back two days later, and got to thinking about it, talking about it, you know, it's it's actually going a lot better than some people. We were, some people thought we were kind of downplaying last week about the success so far. But it, I tell you what, Charlie, it's things are going in a in a really good direction. Oh
0: yeah, and I will say this: um, they are going even in a. I would say they're improving at an increasing rate. We had a lot of really good response this week, and. I've had a couple of people ask me, you know, hey, we're ready for this website, we're ready for the portal where we can do online donations, and I promise you, we we hear you, we get it. I will say this, there were some things that took place this week that if it meant the website being delayed a week or even two, it was worth it, okay? Sometimes you just have to devote your energies to some other places, and we had some, some big accomplishments this week. Can't really... You know, part of what people have to understand, and it's it's tough because you want to know how things are working, where things are working. I get that. But sometimes people who are working with you don't want – they just want to kind of do their own thing in quiet, right? And so I'll just say we had a a great, great week. The other thing I think that I've benefited from this week a little bit is some perspective. I've been watching because one of the groups that we would think – that has it together. You know, everybody looks at NIL at their own school with very few exceptions and thinks we're falling behind what other people are doing. And I we tend to say, "Hey, look at the Gator Collective. Boy, they got things going." Those guys are getting murdered this week on Twitter and message boards because a player, a high school player reportedly for 9.5 million dollars is going to the University of Miami. And so the Gator Collective, who a lot of people would say, man, this is a model. Well, why aren't you guys doing what they do? Their own fans are turning guns on those guys. <laughs> like, you idiots are holding us back. Y'all aren't recruiting aggressively enough. It's um, it's crazy. Like Everybody just kind of everywhere is
1: panicking a little bit. It's almost like when they, when they put out that – was I don't know if it was a press release. It wasn't a press release. Well, the Gator Collective did come back, and they did, did issue a press release talking about, you know, what was going on with Miami, what the thought process was. Well, it was almost like their fans took it hook, line, and sinker because if, if I'm going to put out there that my kid's going to get or this guy's going to get this deal at Miami, and, oh, by the way, we were offered this with the Gator Collective, and – we decided not to go that route. You've taken it hook-line because what you're doing is is I'm going to a place, but I'm going to cause detriment and chaos somewhere else. Yes, yeah, so there's a lawyer
0: out in California, a guy named Michael Caspino, and he represents a lot of these athletes who have these big mega deals, these high school kids. He represents a quarterback going to Tennessee at $8 million, reportedly, quarterback going to Miami at $9.5 million, Reportedly. Reportedly and all sorts of things get buried into what that number really is, but let's just take it at face value that it's true. Well, the Gator Collective has basically said we're not going to deal with Caspino, and the reason they're not going to do that is because if you look at it, the NCAA basically has two rules. When it comes to NIL, there are really two rules. Number one, don't do deals with high school athletes for them to come to your school. Basically, they don't want boosters talking to high school players and saying, we will give you this to come here. And a lot of these deals sure feel a whole whole lot like, we're going to give you this money to come here. I mean, can anybody in good faith say that there's a guy down in Miami who likes a high school quarterback so much that he's going to give him $9.5 million even if he doesn't come to Miami? Yeah. I mean, come on. So, in any event, the Gator Collective basically says, oh, the other rule, by the way, has to do with the transfer portal. Don't go to another school and tell a kid to get in the portal. All right? So, you do those, you avoid those two things, and you're more or less okay. Well, Caspino is mad because the Gator Collective has basically said, we're not playing his game. And so, he comes out and says, like, they're the most dysfunctional, least organized, goes after the guy who promotes it on Twitter all day, every day. And so it's, it's, been, it's been really a comedy. But, you know, the Gator Collective is the one I think I told you about, who when they have events, they basically say, we're killing everybody, we're rocking, we're rolling. And now to see them all, like, panicking, it's uh, crazy. The one other thing I would say, one of the great retorts that has uh, taken place, I thought, in the criticism of the Gator Collective was, man, if you got the money, do your own deals. You know, nobody has to go through any – if you own a business and you want to go do a deal with somebody, hit it. You so, don't have to like the collective. You don't have to use it.
1: Yeah, and, and seeing how how Miami has – and their collective has been so brazen with what they're putting out there. And, of course, it was, it was brought out a couple of weeks ago. The NCAA has gone down there, and they've conducted some interviews and things of that nature. Is it fair to say – for the rest of the sports world, that if Miami is not hit in some way whatsoever, that this was really about to get out of hand.
0: Yeah, I think it is. And I think the NCAA understands too the power of investigation. I Meaning, even if they don't charge you, the very fact that you're having to defend an investigation takes time, resources, causes uncertainty, can be used against you. You know, we've seen that even in our own state. Sometimes it's just like, Punish us, get it over with, What it, do whatever you got to do, but for God's sakes, quit investigating. And so I think what you're going to see is a lot of investigation. when it comes to, I don't know. But I go back to, I remember as a kid, kind of the pre-radar detector days, right? You'd, uh, you always wanted the guy to pass you who was speeding. So you could kind of just get in about a quarter of a mile behind him. Follow him, Yeah. Yeah. You know, the bird dog out there. Let him be the one that gets pulled over. You know, Miami right now is bird dog in this thing for everybody. They're, They're out front. And you've got a lawyer down there, John Ruiz, who is doing these mega deals and apparently has mega money. And their attitude seems to be from afar. Bring it.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what it seems like. I dare you to come in here and investigate us because we're going to turn right back around and sue you.
0: Yeah, antitrust and everything else. But I say all that to say this. It is a little bit – it's kind of like money in Major League Baseball, right? You're never – even if we were to equate this with free agency, you can't get every free agent. You've got to be somewhat disciplined in your approach. You have to think about your needs, not just taking everything. And there's never enough money. I mean, if you had $10 million, you always need more. And so it's one of those things that leads you kind of susceptible to waking up some days happy, some days sad. It's kind of an emotional roller coaster. But if you can balance it out, I would say we're doing good. Need to do more. Let me be clear. But, man, we've had a great, great response and momentum right now.
1: Here's what I've learned and just looking at it from ten thousand feet to nowhere near every kid out there who has hit the transfer portal and looking to transfer is looking for the money situation.
0: Oh, no, I mean, that's right. I mean, everybody I mean, assumes it is. You're
1: you're hearing all you hear about is what's going on at Miami. And you don't realize is that's the outlier. Is there's not as many kids as you think that are looking for the money deal. No, because most guys
0: that you want are in it first and foremost for saying, what is the best path for me to make it in the baseball context to Major League Baseball? Now, the guys you really want are the ones who aren't about what's my path to major leagues. They're the guys who have in their head, what's my path to my first time in free agency in the major leagues? They're not just, can I get to the bigs? They're like, when can I get my seven years of service time and get past arbitration and really make money? That's the guys who who really have some kind of swagger to them. I think it is a mistake to assume that everybody who goes into the portal is looking for money. I think it is a mistake to assume that everybody who commits is getting money. I also think it's a mistake to assume that sometimes they're not. I will say this, too. Looking at the Florida thing, you go back to talking about buying at hook, line, and sinker. That kid commits to Miami. Who does Miami want to hurt and try to make themselves relevant again in the state of Florida? Florida. And so, what do they do? They troll Florida and they basically say, "I want to say, They didn't basically say. They in fact said, "We turned down eleven million dollars to go to Florida because that's how messed up you guys are." It was worth it to us to give up a million and a half to go to Miami. <laughs> does anybody believe that? Yeah. The Florida fans do, and all that is is tweaking. It would be like a kid. Let's say we went down to Lumberton. I I don't want to be controversial, but Pascagoula doesn't matter. Fit one, okay? And there's a high-profile high school player. He can have some pretty good impact on the fan base at Ole Miss by saying, I'm committing to Ole Miss. Okay, I'm Googling right now, Lumberton <laughs> players of the future. <laughs> <laughs> but he can have a pretty good impact on Ole Miss fans just alone by saying, I'm going to Ole Miss. But what if he said, true or not, I'm going to Ole Miss, Southern Alabama, whatever it is, and i turned turn down Mississippi State's $500,000 because those guys are dysfunctional. I mean – it's just it's it's almost recreational sport now yeah it's the equivalent of the guy picking the hat, putting one on, then throwing it aside and getting another. It's um, there's just and part of the other challenge is there's things that happen that people can't
1: always give all the
0: information in response.
1: So I tell you what too is and I hate to say it like this um, implying that we know more um, but I, I can tell you this. There are some things on the horizon right now that I think a lot of people are going to be excited about. And, I mean, you don't want to say it's coming, you know, <laughs> like like you did 15 years ago. But I, I think there there's a lot of positive things going on behind the scenes right now that we, we could probably talk about the next couple of weeks. That um, And some you hope will. Yeah, you just, you just don't know. Yeah. But I think all I'll say
0: is depending on what happens – You can't always assume that, man, they just had more money. Sometimes kids go things for different motivations, and I think it would be a cynical view to think that money is the only factor for everybody involved.
1: Speaking of money, speaking of major league teams that just throw around money, did you know today is Brian Cashman's 55th birthday? Double nickels for old Brian Cashman for the Yankees.
0: There has never. That's your guy. In the history of major league baseball been a guy. Who has done less with more than Brian Cashman.
1: (laughs) Is he still the general? He's the general manager, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, That's what I'm saying. I mean, but I didn't know if he had another title, like executive VP or whatever he is now. But he, um, yeah, that's your guy, though. I don't know what he gets paid, but he owes most of it back.
0: Because I'm no leader in analytics. I'm no baseball Einstein. But I can guarantee you this. You give me $250 million. And I'm going to find us an outfielder. I'm going to put a guy out in left field who doesn't strike out four and a half times a game. See, here's the thing, and, and
1: what, what people out there have just witnessed is, you know, when you work with people, sometimes you know there are buttons to be pushed. Okay, I'm going to needle this guy. I'm going to say the exact right thing to get this guy going. Your button is Brian Cashman. So I just, no, that's true. <laughs> I that, had to th- no, I'll own it. If I, you know what, I might even get a
0: T-shirt that says that. My button is Brian Cashman because, you know, first of all, I sent you a um, you and our friend Eric Cook have forwarded a tweet to y'all yesterday about attendance in Major League Baseball. And do you remember the tweet I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah, about the attendance and yeah. under ten thousand. Yeah. So think about this, and because I love baseball, love the health of baseball, Major League games with attendance. Less than 10,000. So number of times anywhere in Major League Baseball, they open the doors and fewer than 10,000 people show up. In 2014, there were nine. In 2016, there were three. And then all of a sudden, 19 in 2017, still okay. 2018, there's 91. 2019, there's 100. 100. Now we got the COVID impacts. We're going to ignore 2021. So far in 2022, we haven't made it to July when this stat was compiled. Haven't made it to the All-Star break. 95 games that fewer than 10,000 people have shown up to watch.
1: Google's number of home games for the Tampa Bay Rays.
0: Well, that's one factor. But what's the other? It used to be that was kind of an oddity to see a position player come in and pitch. And now we got guys out there throwing 40 miles an hour serving up home runs. It's become a comedy. We've turned the game into this deal where it's home run derby where Joey Gallo, that's my other button, goes up there and strikes out four times and then hits one home run. I mean, it just it's boring. They they're killing the game of baseball and to make it worse, Manfred is sitting here talking about would love to add two more teams do you you think when your product isn't being watched right now the answer is grow it and I wonder what impact this is going to have on college baseball I wonder if to me college baseball is just candidly a little more
1: exciting right now it is and but let me ask you this as far as looking around and you see the regionals and super regionals and and uh, being televised and watch more and growing the game. And, of course, you know, we're huge college baseball fans. I'm a huge college baseball fan. So are you. Um, the play in super regional play, mm. the play was not as uh, – it was not as strong. It was not as clean as we've seen in years past. And this is not a, hey, a good old day syndrome here. You know, <laughs> this is not, hey, remember – We've all got some
0: of that a little bit, we right? We do. We
1: do. But- but uh, it just seemed to me like the, the play was, was, not as, was not as clean as, as we've seen in years you past. saw it at Omaha.
0: And, and even with Notre Dame, the team you know, that I kept up with that ended up beating Tennessee, there were times you watched those guys, there were sequences of events that it had it happened in a 9-U game, I'd have called time out and gone to the mound. It's one of those bring the whole infield in kind of moments. And says, have you guys ever seen a baseball before? Because there were some of there were some moments, both in the super regional and in Omaha, where a team that is this is a well coached team. Lee Jarrett's a great coach, and they're kicking around like a travel ball team that's just moved to coach pitch or moved out of coach pitch. It was ugly, and I don't know that that's good for baseball. And you wonder, you wonder why is it that too many teams. Are are kind of being thrown together like all star teams now that you are not developing teams that it's new
1: pieces every year. Is that part of it? I think it may be. I mean, you think of like front line guys. You think of an R J. Yeager, okay? R J. is gonna we are gonna wear R J. out as an example, and Scotty De Bruel forever. And the reason is, is what's the common denominator from both? Is the slow start, and then all of a sudden they got hot late. The thing that we haven't had that some other places have had is we haven't had a large number of those guys. You know, we've been bringing in two, three max that that jump in there and play. You look at A&M about how slow of a start they got. They got better as the year. I mean, they lost some games early on. They were horrible, horrible losses. You kind of wonder what that's going to do to us, bringing in a vast number of players next year, and not just us. I mean, look at LSU. They brought in some transfer guys as well. It take, hey, Jacob Berry was you know the top draft pick preseason for college players. It took him a little bit of time, to be honest with you, Charlie, to get going. And I don't know if they really got a whole lot of cohesiveness at LSU this year with some of their guys.
0: So you wonder if the blueprint for Mississippi State, might we make the argument that the best path forward, and those circumstances change, Is that we hit it hard this year, but then we kind of got to get back to the basics of almost draft and develop, so to speak. It's the sign and develop that, you know, the good news is some of our recruiting classes that are coming. That's the problem with baseball recruiting. It's so far down the road. But we got some really, really strong commitments right now. And if those things, if those guys do in fact show up, maybe what we're looking at is not a sea change in terms of how we approach things, but maybe we're just kind of in a reset year or two.
1: You remember, you know, back in the early 2000s, we brought in, and I know you remember this, we brought in a huge class of junior college guys in football. And what it does to your locker room, is almost like us versus them, the guys that have been here versus the newcomers that are here. And in years before, you know, you bring two or three guys in and they just kind of intermingle and fall into place with the guys who have been here. And the last thing you want is – seven or eight guys or nine guys who are all newcomers, they kind of band together, hey, we're the new wave, the saviors of the program, and then you've got the guys who have been here. You know what I'm saying? The the more you've got teetering one way, then all of a sudden it divides. If you've got, you know, and, hey, I've been the proponent and I am a proponent of bringing guys in you know, from a transfer standpoint as far as this year. But uh, you kind of wonder what that's going to do to baseball and sports in general around the country and how many locker rooms it's going to divide. Not, just, not at Mississippi State, I'm talking about just in general. So one of the
0: things I think that's kind of buried in this conversation too, I've really noticed over the past few weeks, are the number of people that conflate the transfer portal and NIL as is one issue. And a lot of people who say they hate NIL, it may not be NIL they hate as much as it is the transfer portal. It's that one-time free transfer has really changed things in my mind. That is, that's the thing that has really upended college sports is the, basically the ability anytime you want. And in basketball, it seems to be about five transfer. I don't know that there's even a limit in basketball anymore as a practical matter because they also seem to be giving waivers anytime there's a coaching change. But if you address the transfer portal, I think you fix a lot of the NIL problems even if you don't think the law will let you directly attack NIL, I think fixing the transfer portal would help that.
1: Okay, let's circle back. Is that the reason you're seeing bad play? Because coaches feel like they can't coach as hard. I can't get mad at my second baseman for making a dumb play and put him on the bench late in the season and risk making him mad because I know if I make him mad, he may hit the transfer portal. Do you coach differently in sports now at the end of the season or whenever – because you don't want to make a kid mad because he may hit the, hit the portal.
0: You know, one of my favorite coaches to talk with at Mississippi State, Zach Arnett. Zach's a, I mean, he's a, he's a coach, right? He, he's a guy that's passionate, smart, understands defense. He and I had that conversation one day. And he said, the good thing about Mississippi guys is that Mississippi guys, if they know you are making them better, he said, most of these guys look. He said, you go to a high school in Mississippi – uh, any of them that are winning, any of them that are turning out guys you want to sign, it's far from a country club. <laughs> they, they come used to it. <laughs> and so he said you don't really have to change that much with your Mississippi guys. And I think that's why right now I think you're going to see a big emphasis on the defensive side of the ball in particular and not forgetting about the value of a high school kid in Mississippi. It looks like maybe some other schools are – kind of going against that I laughed there was the you know Lane Kiffin is always tweeting you know come to the sip as a hashtag yeah there was a coach that uh, tweeted back a one day said recruit the sip you know what about the guys who are already here and I think Mississippi State I think understands the need to go get those guys and I think you can recruit those but I look that's gonna be a challenge for coaches particularly in basketball
1: oh yeah absolutely because if a guy starts losing minutes late in the year it's the inevitable's coming, Frank He's,
0: Martin, Bobby Knight, all those guys they have zero chance of surviving in today's world as a coach.
1: Hey, you talked about football a minute ago, Zach Arnett, and I like Zach a lot. He is a football coach. all right, so what are we gonna do? We got like a month left we August hits a month from now, and then we'll I guess get into football season, kind of do some preview stuff, so what's our what's our take? What are we gonna do? I guess we'll do on Friday, we'll have our deep dig again. So once we get into the season, what are we going to do? Yeah, we'll do deep dig on on Fridays when we get into the season. I enjoyed that. I did that too. Was a,
0: that was one of those last minute decisions. I mean, we didn't even really plan that. We just kind of did it.
1: Yeah, I know. And and two, you know, we uh, we have you know pre game, post game stuff that we do. And once again, I think we've been renewed, Charlie. We're back, baby. They're giving us another year.
0: <laughs> it's
1: always <laughs> we're walking in the gate of stadium. Nobody's going to stop
0: us. I'm always amazed when they tell me I'm back for another year, as I'm sure many of our fans are.
1: Absolutely. Yep. Um, so, so we're going to keep the deep dig. We'll keep the deep dig. Is there anything we want to add to the deep dig? Any kind of segments we want to add to the deep dig? See, last year we focused on a player and a coach. I don't know if we you know, we cleaned that up. I don't know if we do something different this year. We had a lot of stats we did. The positive about that show is I feel like when I go in and look at that show and do all my studying for that show, that I'm done for the weekend. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I've done all my stuff for Saturday right there. You then.
0: know what you never brought up during the football deep dig that you always brought up in baseball was weather. True. You know, used to – I guess that's – maybe it's less – the wind is a bigger factor perhaps. But I kind of felt like you had become like our weather guy a little bit.
1: I feel like the weather guy. Last night when everybody was standing around looking forward to the fireworks at 9 o'clock. You're like, guys, we ain't got to stay here. Yeah, at 745, hey, listen, we need to load up. All these people around here, we need to get out of here. Why? Sims is like, dad, it's going to get out of here. No, here's the radar. Here's what's going to happen. It's going to rain at 9 o'clock, and they're not shooting fireworks tonight. Did they shoot fireworks? They did not. I was right.
0: Are they going to shoot them now? I think they're going to shoot them tonight. Okay. That just still bothers me. Let's wait to the 4th. But, so, we'll still do Sunday coffee. Yes, sir. Are you going to make me roll in here? You know, I still catch grief about how I was the morning that you decided to go to the Saints game. Remember when we played late, and you rolled me in here about 5 in the morning.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: And I sounded like this the whole time. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I was hurting. Um, So, and then we'll keep our midweek show again. Just three shows a week for football, though. What are we going to do between now and football season? You know, I always thought you're kind of the big guy of, hey, it's 90 days to football. Who's your favorite number 90?
1: No, I'm not one of those guys. Connor Stevens, number 90. Connor Stevens was number 90. He was a good one. What's today? How many days between now and football? I don't even know. I have no idea either. It's two months, so that's probably around 60. So let's say 62.
0: You know my grandmother used to do to me? When I was a kid, I would get dumped at her house when I was like 8, 9. My parents would go to games. They'd dump me in Carthage because we'd play in Jackson. They'd dump me in Carthage at my grandmothers. They'd go to the game, and, and I was held hostage for a few days.
1: And I bet it was hot, too. Oh. Late, in the, late in the season, nothing hotter than a grandparent's house.
0: But she would uh, – because that's where you had to go, like, actually outside and hang the clothes. We weren't using the, the dryer because that costs money. But so – which I was never a fan of. And I always had to shell peas. We've talked about that. I hated that. But the one thing she used to do was she would set the timer at 99 and make me recite the roster at every second coming all the way down. So I had to go all the way from Johnny Cook's at 99 – to Bob Morgan at number 1 on that 1980 team. And so back at a time I could tell you everybody's numbers. Now we live in just the worst era of sports. Everybody changes numbers. They change numbers, but you have multiple guys wearing the same number. Oh yeah. And if you make me commissioner tomorrow, everybody gets one number. You have one number, one player, we're done. And you remember there was a guy that went to Georgia, I think it was Andre Hastings who basically wasn't – he turned down a school because he couldn't get number one. That's right. So he went to Georgia where he could be number one. Whatever. But I want one player, one number. That's my new thing. But so i tell you one thing I would like to do. I would like to maybe start to talk about position groups a little bit. Okay. You know, go in and start kind of digging into the roster a little bit.
1: Wide receivers.
0: Yeah, and cornerbacks. Kind of, what's the pecking order? Who yeah. might we, you know,
1: talk about some of those things. We're doing that on Sunday coffee, we're doing it during the week too. I don't know. I don't know either. Do you want to do more than one show a week until mid-August?
0: That's a good question. Maybe we can get some feedback on that.
1: Yeah, feedback. What do you want to see? Do we want to do a pick 'em on Friday? can we do a pick 'em on Friday? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. I have to ask compliance about that.
0: Yeah, and then uh yeah, I thought maybe we could do a segment now. Kind of, we talk about our favorite founding father, and uh, maybe break down Fourth of July.
1: Hey, you kind of wonder. <laughs> you bring up a point. You kind of wonder if, uh, like today, July the third, like right, seventeen seventy six. You know, we all have our buddies that uh, that dare us to do things. I wonder if John Hancock had a bunch of buddies sitting around saying, "All right, let me tell you something. I dare you." When you sign that piece of paper tomorrow, I dare you to put your name like twice as big as everybody else. You know?
0: <laughs> I won't do it.
1: Do it. But know, Bart, I guarantee you, you won't say that guy deserves the big piece of chicken. Oh, you just wait and watch there, brother.
0: You know, the, uh, and there was another one. Everybody talks about John Hancock. You ever seen Charles Carroll of Carrollton? So I mean, that wasn't his name, but there were a number of Charles Carroll, so he basically said, he and signed here's it, where to
1: come find me, Charles Carroll of Carrollton. He signed it like that. Yeah, he wanted to tell everybody he had a, his own city.
0: Yeah, from the, he was from Maryland. Probably Did, one of the wealthiest people to sign the Declaration. He was Irish.
1: Hmm. You know, July third, eighteen sixty-three was the final day of Gettysburg.
0: Well, the other thing, of course, that we know coming up is the anniversary of Vicksburg falling, because that was on July four.
1: Well, there you go. Hey, Tom Cruise is 60 today. Have you seen Maverick yet? No,
0: I don't go to theaters.
1: You know, I went and watched it. It was actually good. I thought it was better than the first one. And I I was trying to think about that when I was sitting in the theater about the last time I've been in the theater. It's been a long time. So, how about that?
0: Gettysburg on July 3rd. Vicksburg on July 4th. So, and then... The pivot to Maverick and
1: Tom Cruise. That's quite a segue. It was a great segue. Hey, I guess uh, we'll come back next week. We talk about position groups next week. We start position groups next week. I think we wait a little bit before we get into position groups. We're running out of time, man. We got two months. I know. Okay. Well, we may do that then. So, uh, hey, enjoyed it as always. And uh, once again, thanks to our great friends at Strange Brew Coffee. Got the big tall boy this morning of my blueberry cobbler. By the way, it's been a bumper crop this year for the blueberries down on the farm. We got like twelve You're bu- blueberries. Man, we got we've had like twelve bushes forever, and we got all kinds. Is that
0: what they come from? Is a bush?
1: Yes. And man, they they put out this year, brother. Is it like a vine? No, it's like a bush. It's like a bush, and it's you know, and it it uh, got gazoobles of them. Hey, if I here's what I would like to know.
0: If I request, like, a plant or two of something, would you be willing to to do um, it for me?
1: Like, like say, plant it? Yeah. I mean, you got a, a no, farm, apparently. Well, that's that requires work. Oh. Anytime you put a shovel in the ground, that requires work. And, um, first of all, it depends on what you're digging into. So, you know, my
0: great-grandparents, that makes me think. My great-grandparents lived in Picayune, Mississippi, and... At the outbreak of World War II, my grandmother, most beautiful Picayune High School, by the way, she... What year? Ish. Okay. uh, 41, actually. So, no, excuse me, it was 42. So, war broken out. She graduates in May of 42. She goes down and joins the Marines.
1: Hmm.
0: And so, my grandmother was a Marine. But the thing I remember, my grandparents, if anybody knows anything about Piquing, they live a stone's throw from uh, Piquing Memorial High School. And their flower beds, so, you know, like all around their house, was basically a garden all down one side of their house. So they had, you know, about a four-foot, you know, yeah. dirt patch there outlined in bricks. Yeah. And they grew tomatoes and cucumbers and all sorts of things right there in the house. And that, to me, that's actually a really a throwback thing. Right now, everything's ornamental, but for the people who lived through the war in the 40s, I mean, you're basically, you needed that garden. And all the way up to, they passed away in the in the 1980s. My great-grandfather would go out there and tend to his vegetables that he grew right next to his house.
1: We've always had a big garden. Always had a big garden. And so... I might go buy a tiller.
0: (laughs) You can have it. Do I? All right. So quick question. I know we got to go, but if I were building a garden, let's say at my house, I just decide I want to try to see if I can grow something. Mm -hmm. Do I go with like a box and build, you know, like my neighbor has like these boxes, like this above ground that he then filled in with dirt and he's growing stuff. Do I do that or do I dig into the soil?
1: What I would do if I were you, is I would do that, I would do a what they call a raised bed. That's what you're. Is that what I'm talking about? That's okay. what you're Raised about. bed garden. A raised a raised bed. Now you got to water it more, and you've got to you got to fertilize it more. But uh, that's where I would start if I were you. I would How do, do not I
0: keep the deer out of it? I have a lot of deer around my house.
1: Get you a rifle.
0: Well, um, city limits. I'm not sure. Well, I'm maybe gonna... I'll go with a crossbow. <laughs>
1: Well, my dad, okay, and not to go down too far of, okay. of a rabbit hole here, my dad. had a
0: tree stand on your raised <laughs> garden? So about- no,
1: we got uh, solar-powered motion-detected lights that we put around our garden, and it has worked amazingly this year. It's crazy. So if you walk out into our garden this year, the light comes on. And so if the deer walk out there, then all of a sudden, boom, the lights come on. It scares them, and they run away. That's what we've used.
0: Every time I've ever put a light on deer, it just stands there and looks at you.
1: Well, but it's not going back to eating. That's what you worry about there. We had a big, we had 2 acres of watermelons last year, and we've always grown watermelons and Sims would bring them up here to Vivos and, and Max at vowels would buy them from Sims. And last year we had 2 acres of watermelons and we had 7 that were not bitten into by a deer. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So anyway. Hey, can you grow peanuts? Yes, I grow peanuts. I have two rows of peanuts right now. Really? Yes, sir. I have two rows of peanuts right now. I do peanuts every year. Every year. And then I'll boil those peanuts in the fall for football. Yeah, I grow peanuts. I'd like to boil peanuts. All right, hey, uh, appreciate you guys listening to us. Sunday coffee. We're in the Farm Bureau Studios here in downtown Startville. We'll be back next week. We'll probably jump into a position group. And then, uh, hey, if you have any thoughts about what you'd like to hear on Fridays for our Friday deep dig, anything to add to it, we'll take requests. I'm not sure we'll follow up on it, but we'll definitely take requests.
0: I'm going to call Chris Weems over at Tracks Plus, even get a tiller.
1: I don't know if they have tillers or not. You need a tiller that goes on the back of a tractor, right? And then on that tractor, you need to have a cab that has air conditioning.
0: I've seen what they can do to trees. I'm sure they can tear up some dirt with something they've got.
1: Yeah, well, I I guarantee you you can tear up anything you get on. all All right, hey, appreciate you guys listening.